Welcome, darling, to the Mystical Mama podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Rose, astrologist, conscious parenting advocate, light code keeper, self-care lover, creatrix of the Mystical Mama community, and a Mystical Mama-to-be. If you're tuning in today, you're probably like me, seeking ways to grow and help repair and nurture yourself, while also caring for your babies and your families. Here on the Mystical Mama podcast, you'll receive conscious raising conversations on the motherhood journey, astrology, self-care, spirituality, so much more so that you feel inspired to nurture you and your family's multidimensionality. Now, let's get into today's episode. On today's episode, we have Vika Bradford, who is a past life and karmic astrologist, energy healer, and yoga guide. She works with souls who are ready to heal their karmic wounds, understand their past life energies, and embody their cosmic signature so they can begin to step into their power in this lifetime. She holds space and offers guidance to help you discover your purpose and what's been holding you back from following your true path in this life through soul medicines and to finally and truly heal and feel better. In this episode, we talk about generational and karmic healing in astrology, the nodal shifts and eclipses in 2022, the witch wound and the wild woman wound, rewilding of societal systems, and karma and pregnancy. To connect with Vika, follow her at vikabradford.com or on Instagram at vikabradford or on TikTok at vikabradford. All the links will be available in our show notes. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Vika, to the Mystical Mama podcast. Yay, you're my first guest. Holla. So happy to be here. It's my honor. And also, just so nice to talk to each other vocally through messages and text. Uh, so that's also delightful and seeing your face via the screen of the Zoom. So good. <laughs> so different. I know, because we talk a lot, but like voice it's to text. voice, face to face. It's so good. Exactly. Um, I'm really excited for people to enter your space and to hear your perspective as a karmic astrologer. That's your official title that you've decided on, correct? It, it is. Has been. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. And what that means, especially in relationship to ancestral and generational wounding and healing processes in astrology. So can you share with us for those that are like, what's a karmic astrologer? What is a, <laughs> yeah, say it just like that too. <laughs> I get it all the time too. Like, especially on TikTok where people are like, that's not what karma is. And I'm like, karma is a vast word. Um, so yeah, karmic exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like a karmic astrologer, um, we, uh, myself, I study past lives and how we can find and discover past life wounding patterns, um, medicines, all these little pieces in the chart, how, how we did things, why we did things, why we incarnated with certain signatures in order to learn certain lessons and move through certain things. Um, I really look at how many times you've done a certain energy signature or why you're so embedded with one, one sign, one house, one sort of energy signature and what people are looking to learn and expand through those energy forces. Uh, so it's all about shadow work and 
transformational work and wilding work and kind of breaking uh, the mold, not necessarily of astrology, but breaking the mold of like what we believe astrology is on like a pop astrology kind of viewpoint mm-hmm. and going into our, our darkness and our pain points and really like discovering like, why the heck are we here? Why did we incarnate? Yeah. You recently wrote in a text that your, your perspective is through Pluto mm-hmm. versus pop astrology is like your sun sign or just like, there's just generally what's your sign. And like, mm-hmm. honey, there is so much more <laughs> than that sun sign. In fact, I think a lot more is a lot more potent, uh, oh especially the moon sign. Um, mm-hmm. I know we both use it a lot from different perspectives, but they're really similar as well. Moon yeah. sign relating to not only I use it a lot for self-care and nurturance and also, but also for generational ancestral maternal lineage stuff that might come up. And I know you use it as a big marker in a, in a a chart to look at the karmic healing. Uh, Can you go into that more? And then what other planets you all and aspects you look at? Yeah. Okay. So Pluto definitely is like my guide. I always say that he's sort of who speaks through me. Um, and so when, when I do my readings, I'm like, it's not me guys, it's Pluto and Lilith and all these other people. Mm. Um, so Pluto is like my guy, he's my sweet, sweet love. And then, um, the moon is how I look at someone's emotional karma and emotional baggage, um, which does tie in that ancestral com- conversation, um, our lineage, our roots are, there's so many layers of like past life sort of reworkings and then the lineage and how it all just kind of comes in together. Um, and then of course, like the fourth house, the eighth house, the 12th house are these karmic places I look at. That's where I'm getting my karmic information from. I'm always looking at Saturn. What the heck is Saturn doing? Because he is our karmic work. Um, who else am I looking at in a chart a lot? Uh, the South node, of course, is one of my biggest energy forces I work with. It's not typically turned on in uh, actual just like readers. We have to turn mm-hmm. it on ourselves, which is like my biggest teaching for people is like turn on your South node because it might be doing some things that will blow your mind. For instance, uh, when mine was never turned on, I had no idea it was conjunct my moon and my Jupiter and my midheaven. And like this whole cluster, I think even Pallas Athena is up there too, like just all hanging out together. And if I hadn't turned that on and been like, oh, wow, like uh, all this karmic energy, all this mastery, but also things I'm looking to sort of uh, release the negative shadow aspects of, I never would have tied all those things in. So there are many points we look at um, and then just how things are interacting with each other. What is Pluto talking to? What is Saturn talking to? Um, How much of a, a density in one energy do you have? Like there's so many questions that can reveal why you are the way you are, how you've been doing things, your ancestry, all these things. And then we put them together and reveal this like really vast story about your past and your future. Yeah. I know we never actually did one together. I'm like, no, I'm like we should look at mine. <laughs> like I, I can do it on my own too, but then it's fun to hear it from another person's perspective and oh, they'll give it. you a lot more objective yes. um, information. What's nice is that we both share um, the same North and South nodes, the, yeah. the nodes of destiny, the Lords of destiny, and some written variations of what they call the nodes or the dragon's head and the dragon's tail. Yes. And, uh, we both have a Leo South node. Mine is in the eighth house. 
Mm. And then my North node of Aquarius is in the second house. So it also it has almost a, oh, this is such a beautiful segue into the, the nodal shifts of, so my has a tonality that's, or undertone of a Taurus Scorpio um, opposition because of the, they are in those houses that were originally ruled by Taurus and Scorpio. And which houses are yours in then? my north node yeah north node is fourth and then a south node is tenth so i've got that karmic lineage ancestry yeah systems with aquarius yeah and then all this old stuff i'm sort of actually i have to bring it in because it's conjunct my midheaven but it's all happening up in the tenth which is um it's my work so it is an interesting uh it's an interesting opposition and I have Saturn transiting them right now, or I'm just like watching and being like, what you, what you doing? What are we going to do now? We go shake shit up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, all right, like you do, you all be right here. We just did this Saturn. Why? Why? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because yeah. we both just went through our Saturn returns. Yep, I know. Mine is in the first house. So I was feeling it really physically. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just felt like I was constantly like in this long ass labor. I'm like, something's being born, but I don't know what it is. And it's frustrating as hell. But also I, it was a time where I really withdrew. I wore a lot more black. I re- mm. reflecting back. <laughs> a lot more black. I wasn't goth or anything, but I just noticed that reflecting. Uh, I also had to hibernate and I was like pretty much disassociating through reading trashy and slutty romance novels. I love uh, that. Yeah. I'm like, my world really got expanded through that realm. So yeah, well, we can talk about that with Lilith and Rewilding later on. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I was, it was a time that I really had to withdraw. There was a lot of like ter- turmoil and grief too, with a lot of deaths and that mm-hmm. a family deaths for uh, our family. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Saturn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fun stuff. And I think it might be my chart. It is my chart ruler too. Yeah, since I'm a Capricorn, ri- yeah. Capricorn rising. And it's like real ass close to my rising sign. My rising mm-hmm. ascendant point. So I'm like, thanks. Yeah, Saturn. he's a big guy. Big guy for you. Exactly. Conjunct Neptune. Okay. What? Mm. This is a lot. <laughs> like what? A lot. It's a and lot. It, and it makes so many angles to so many different things. I'm like, oh my word. Okay. Let's layer in all these facets. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, back to um, though. Um, so the tonality, I, I find it's interesting that I'm, what are we, we're, so the nodes will soon be like, we're going to have what, an opposition happening for both of us when the nodes that are sh- still in Gemini and Sagittarius, mm-hmm. they're shifting in January in the new year. What on like the 15th or something. It's something like that. I know it's like halfway through. It's around Martin Luther King weekend. Okay. And, <laughs> and that's when the nodes are shifting collectively from North node in Gemini to North node in Taurus and the South node from Sagittarius the south node in scorpio so we're dealing with now this collective story of the taurus versus her opposite but same sister scorpio and you have a master class on this can you speak to some of what your insights are and i find mm-hmm. it interesting that i'm like it's hitting up in my chart like those original rulers so i'm like oh the, the themes are coming coming <laughs> they're back coming. to me oh my gosh and they're coming in hot like i'm seeing it with all all my people. So we kind of felt it right on that. Um, 
Taurus full moon lunar eclipse we just had that was like yeah. what, December 4th or something like that. Um, we felt that uh, initiation start, but we even went back a little further into the new moon in Scorpio. And I saw that as like the opening of this two year cycle for us. Um, so anything that was kind of going up, going on around, uh, what time was that? I don't even know what day that was or what time is gone guys. Um, October but something, probably. <laughs> something, like, I think it was, I don't even know, November. I don't know. We're over it. But essentially when those doors opened on that, like new year or sorry, new year. Wow. I'm already in next month, but new moon Scorpio is like the opening phase. Then that full moon Taurus eclipse happened. It was like this I saw it as this conversation for everyone I was talking to about those themes that are going to go on for the next two years, uh, for the 18 months, but let's just round it out to two years to make things easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and the themes I've seen obviously playing into what house that is transiting for you, it's going to be a little different, but um, themes around how we've outsourced our personal resources how we've lost connection to how we sustain ourselves, how Mm. we've lost connection to our actual sustainability as humans, right? Like we have no connection to where our food comes from, how our food is sourced, what is in our food, what is in our bodies, what we're putting on our skin, what we're like, all these things, we have no connection to them. Um, And I see this as one of the biggest themes is this like realization that we've disconnected from our our bodily autonomy of our, like what's going in, what's going on, what's going on in the world, how we're receiving nourishment. Um, That's like the biggest theme I'm seeing kind of tied in with the crazy weather phenomena going on where the earth is like doing her thing. And we seem to be shocked that she can be so violent and she can be so volatile. Um, and I think a great learning is going to be around like the, the earth is unpredictable. Mama earth is unpredictable. Um, and we have to be more sustainable. We have to be more conscious. We have to be more connected to like, how are we providing ourselves with these Taurus like energies, right. Um, to feel safe, to feel secure, to literally provide for ourselves. And then on the other side of the spectrum, I see, a lot of secrets coming out, a lot of karmic um, control factors, oppression, um, frustration, sort of these like shadow aspects being revealed to the collective of like, wow, we we really did outsource and, and Scorpio is those shared resources, right? Where we sort of do outsource and and just saying like, how much of my, my myself have I given away to entities unknown to the world unknown. Right. Um, and then calling ourselves back into like, how can we really, what do we value? What do we personally value? What do we value as a collective? What do we value as a people and how can we sort of come back into this place of, um, healing the earth and our bodies and our souls and our minds, uh, by releasing the, the old outdated outsourced, um, so let's say negative karma or karma that's not supporting us as a collective. That's like my big view on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm already seeing a lot of uh, the, the tremblings, not only literal tremblings of literally and stuff, <laughs> since Uranus is transiting through Taurus yes. fast yeah. while. Um, so that's just getting lighted. But then um, 
in the States, we're having a lot of more highlighted issues on reproductive rights again, and the control Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of your reproductive rights. And they're really wanting to take it away. And because we have a really conservative Senate and all these things. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, I'm not surprised. I know people are like, oh my God, this is like, I'm not surprised they're going to try to like, there's going to be a power struggle. Power is a very big key theme of Scorpio. And if we're releasing the shadows and like, what does Scorpio do best? She uncovers the shit, honey. Literal shit too, because physically she uh, (laughs) rules elimination processes like your shit. So, I mean, maybe you're going to have a lot of digestive things. Maybe. We are like revealing truths on medical systems, perhaps, and Mm. authority in that area. But also um, maybe there's going to be a lot more. You may see even themes of like me marketing more towards detoxes, Mm -hmm. whether it's positive or negative types. So just being really conscious and aware of where, uh, and also like your own mental health around food and detoxing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, since that's related to Taurus too, like they're yeah. Taurus is the jaw and the mouth, like the intake of food. And then Scorpio is the poop and literally <laughs> the literal right? releasing of the energy and then the intake of the energy. Right. Yeah. That and, digestion in the middle is like, it, and that's going to be a theme. And I've already seen mm-hmm. so many people with my own parasite cleanse that I've been on. I'm on the fourth month of it right now. Um, so many people are, are waking up to this and I think that's yeah. almost going to be a theme that's um, what I was thinking on physically and energetically though, like parasite parasites, right? Like yeah. spiritually, mentally, and physically, the collective is going to be like, I need to purge now yeah. let's purge consciously. Let's purge safely, like work with your naturopath, work with your people. Mm-hmm. Um, because detoxing can hurt detoxing can like, yeah. if you don't do it safely, the first time I detoxed, I developed panic attacks because my body was not ready. I didn't have any support. I used a shitty detox. Um, and it took me years to get over those panic attacks. Yeah. So let's do it mm. safely. Let's do it safe, friends. And slow. Yeah. Detoxing in and every single way. You're going to see it like probably through skincare even more. There's a more of a collective awareness that there's a lot of shit in the products you use, but I see it in the skincare because that affects hormones. Scorpio rules the sex hormones, especially Mm -hmm. and their reproductive health. And that's how that's affecting with food. And that's the Taurus. Oh my gosh. And already like even the, the, the the post I sent you with the parasite lady, um, detox person, she was, uh, oh shoot. I had a thought that thread and it went away. (laughs) (laughs) There There was something good there, but just like, something oh she uh she paralleled the physical parasites as actually demons like Mm. these are the demons that you're you're energetically energetically taking in and this is how you can physically release those demons and I was like that's a fascinating perspective on parasites and I mean like a lot of negative darker entities are parasitic so I'm like huh huh well yeah we got to be purging and cleaning like big time energetically like everywhere right like cleansing our auras cleansing protecting releasing uh, making sure that most yeah like spiritually mentally and physically we have the ability to release like because parasites are on for just thinking about food and the world mm-hmm. and every they're everywhere literally there's not a human that doesn't have parasites but it, can your body release them that's the question right is your body yeah. in tune or healthy enough or like 
properly doing its functioning to release which what it's meant to do so spiritually same conversation mentally same conversation are we prepared are we um, doing all of our hygiene in order for ourselves to be releasing those parasites yeah and then we'll have more space for metaphysical and physical resources and also just even the simple acts of like switching out your cleanings products you are then doing something that is more sustainable thus you're like we're reaching the the heightened goals of the Taurus North Node yes and also you save a lot of money so much money like vinegar and lemon (laughs) right saving money spending money more consciously consciously on the things we actually desire right like our values we have to we have to review our values here like do, do you value putting shit on your body can I swear on this <laughs> oh yeah girl <laughs> oh, yeah. um yeah or do you value putting like conscious products on your body um and then like going yeah back to the basics like cleaning with literally vinegar and lemon essential oil is going to get things cleaner and be cheaper than buying like Lysol or whatever and yeah. it's not going to hurt the earth the earth is like Okay, vinegar, let's do this, right? Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I see the collective, like there's either a power struggle around it or at least mm-hmm. more conversations or even just like, I could see it more blog posts coming up about sustainable living or urban gardening, gardening inside your home, stuff like that to more using technology for sustainability. And, but also I really, in the States, especially, it's going to be this power struggle again with the reproductive rights and body autonomy. And, uh, oh my goodness, this is just beautiful. Like segues. I just see it in my head to the rewilding, like of the bodily autonomy and a big part of what you're really excited about right now with your business is rewilding the self. And you started a rewilding readings. Can you share more about that? Yeah. So this has been, it's been interesting the way astrology has unfolded for me personally, um, because it did, it started and it will always stay with Pluto, my dear love, um, in the transformational energies, that butterfly metamorphosis energies down through birth. They are key for me. And that has led me into literally murdering the part of myself that was holding all of this back, right? Like I let so much die in order to see that there's this wild woman within me and she's been begging to come out. Um, I'm not quiet about this, but like my sex drive basically went away for the last, um, four years, five years, um, to the point where it was actually becoming quite intense in my marriage. And, um, we have an amazing marriage and we talked about several times, like, are we gonna, are we gonna leave each other? Like, cause it was just gone for me. And yeah as I opened up to who I actually am, to who, who I was taught to suffocate, right? Like this wild woman within me that wants to do things completely different, wants to live differently, wants to do love differently. Um, and my husband provided a safe space for that. Then I started to uncover these little parts in the chart. Um, first it was Lilith. She started Mm -hmm. speaking to me, so she conjuncted the new moon Taurus last May and she just started screaming. Um, and I've talked to so many women that are like, who is she and why is she calling my name? Right. Um, so I started really tapping into her and her magic. Um, and she was always there throughout my life. So it's very interesting with Lilith. Um, and I started tapping into her and then I started tapping into more like women who are rewilding themselves, who are living differently, who are, um, whatever wild means for you, because it is different for all of us. Um, for me, it is being polyamorous and being, um, 
taking beautiful artistic boudoir photos of myself and going I have this craving to just go into nature and like roll in the dirt like this is my wild version of Mm -hmm. me but but yours might be different and Susan's might be different and Brittany's might be different so um but finding what that actually looks like in the chart like what's Lilith doing what's she talking to what is she looking to reclaim uh, because she is the sacred feminine and the she is about smashing the patriarchy and taking back her power and making us equal. It's not men. It's not that we're trying to shove men down. It's that we are, we are raising ourselves up and calling the divine masculine back into the healed version. Right. And then meeting that as like, we are equals together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm finding that part of my clients and my chart is like, what part of you needs to rewild? What part of you needs to empower herself to reclaim all those little pieces of you that have been taken from you, or you have given away, um, depending on the signs that are sort of talking the, the energy forces that are playing into it. And like, it's about taking our power back essentially, and then just getting weird. <laughs> yes. I always, I really enjoyed doing a workshop on Lilith and sharing her story because so many, there are so much of her story is just horrible propaganda and uh, just literal demonizing of her. Literally. And there's some fun versions of her now. You can actually, you see her more in the media, like more on shows. Like you've never heard of Lilith prior to like 2010. Then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. she's starting to like show up in more pop culture and uh, like Sabrina, the Teenage Witch series, uh, she, she came was up. in there, yeah. And also, um, oh, 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 it was something about angels and demons, and it was on a free form or whatever that. Mm. Um, she's on there too. She's, but she like is the mother of demons, sort of thing. But a lot from when I've shared different parts of her stories and different uh, myths around Lilith. And the way I just, I'm like the big picture here is she's like our primal power, instinctual power. And we, women in particular, femme-bodied people have been taught that that's a bad thing. It will make you ostracize from society, which she literally, she decided and chose to ostracize herself Mm -hmm. versus being like suppressed by her equally made of dirt, made of earth, Adam. And he's like, no, bitch, no. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. I go and live in a cave now, honey. Literally, yeah. And I will live in a cave and make my own babies or have se- whatever. <laughs> well, and that's thing. interesting too, right? Is the conversation around her like having sex with demons. Okay, so I, I think about this a lot. One side of it's like, girl, you do you. But then the other side is, well, the church was de- demonizing and I, you do you, if you, you believe in the, the church and religion, I'm, I'm open to whatever. I have no, no negative thoughts towards it, but, um, the church was demonizing how many different types of people. So were the demons yeah. she was having just heathens with, or pagans or just what they considered outsiders. Yes, exactly. And so I'm always tapping into that. My, I actually am getting a Lilith sort of Persephone, um, Hecate tattoo created right now, Ooh, of, course. Nice. of course. Right. And my husband's looking, he starts looking on Pinterest for, um, ideas for Lilith tattoos. And he's like, Oh, they all have like demon horns. And I was like, I don't resonate with that at all for Lilith. Like she is, she doesn't need to have this demonic energy to her. She was demonized. She was just a woman, yeah. just a just straight all- up power woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
not exact it's all like just freaking propaganda and it so is. that is instinctual I used to teach a lot with uh BC before COVID um I worked <laughs> with a team up here in Seattle uh where we did a lot of boudoir shoots and boudoir events so that to bring back I taught the yoga section to help them feel safe mm -hmm. enough to explore what version of boudoir means to them and their sexual primal wild woman and I always brought up like for some of you it's gonna be like bring out those kinky leather boots and let's go and it's always funny when you see it in the chart too I'm like oh there it is there's your yep. Scorpio rising <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I see those boots honey um but others love just more this demure like 1950s very light lacy feel or like you're just exploring I get to be all some women are the people are the shapeshifters mm -hmm. and um I'm also excited that there's more um male presenting people doing boudoir now to celebrate totally. their bodies and body positivity. And all this is also the, going back to the nodal shift that's happening in 2022. Oh, yeah. It's this stuff. It's boudoir and sensuality and sexual versus sexuality, mm -hmm. exactly. owning our pleasure, owning our sexual energy. And uh, we are, that's all part of the rewilding of coming back to the primal essence, i.e. your body, mm -hmm. you know, and to, because we've been taught for centuries uh that it's all cerebral and up is what makes you better yeah. and that's what supremacy rooted in white supremacy and patriarchy and all the fun toxic systems mm, yeah <laughs> yeah totally and it's it's got to go like our our bodies are we came here to be physical beings we incarnated to be physical so the yeah. denial of pleasure the denial of the enjoyment of the body of, yeah the enjoyment of being on earth like it is just wild to me wild and not the good way um <laughs> right like that we deny the simple pleasure of being alive it's like we're taught to not enjoy being here on earth like I literally yeah. saw a hilarious meme that was talking about um there not being orgies and fresh figs and the, the future and I, I said laughed so hard and a friend and i were like new code word is fresh figs for orgies like just <laughs> enjoy your life whatever it looks like right uh whether it is eating fresh figs and having orgies or like just being simply alive mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because yeah, the, the hedonism was extremely, again, reprogrammed uh, through the church, through Christendom, through mm -hmm. the last the medieval period on, uh, that hedonism was bad. That was heathen. That's mm -hmm. not okay. And um, oh, I don't like it. But I see this <laughs> reemerging of we're rewilding not only in just in the boudoir spaces because that's also becoming more popular like we're oh, seeing yeah. it but it's also interesting that's getting censored a lot more like on Instagram. oh yeah oh uh, like if you have any sort of possible nudity especially if you're in a larger or different type of body mm -hmm. oh do you does the Shut algorithm down, right? fuck you <laughs> yeah it's people wild. have a lot of problems with it and it's like oh that's confronting isn't it bish isn't it yeah. uh but i see it also um preparing for pregnancy I see a lot there's more rewilding in the medical space slash birth space and also education like those are the three areas that I'm seeing presently because um well a lot of the medical and birth are connected because we don't want to necessarily people want more choices to birth maybe at home or free birthing with no intervention from any fucking body except maybe like 
hubby, come and help me catch baby. <laughs> if, if you want, if I'm at the angle where I need you to hold that or hold the kid back, if you have a, another child in the room or something, or to being able to choose that for yourself for the full range of like, I would choose an epidural, like the choice, exactly. having a choice is the, the choice. biggest, a huge theme. I think of rewilding, like I want to have the choice to be able to do it by myself or go to the hospital and have it more medicalized intervention. Totally. And that's what I choose. And that makes me feel safe. So choosing whatever feels safe, but having alternative choices is important. Um, and people are coming back to more ancestral, um, birth keeping or like wise woman style of birth keeping and midwifery and mid and more of those terms coming up. Uh, I see a lot as yeah. midwitchery because mm. a lot of the midwives were yeah. who were suppressed in the witch burnings and witch trials and stuff like that, which I find interesting and Very more interesting. herbalism coming yep. out forward in, in plate and like coming back to like the detox is like a lot more plant-based or herbal-based variations that aren't so reliant on the pharmaceuticals. That's the, yeah. yes, pharmaceuticals. 100% pharmaceuticals. No, a hundred percent. Um, and my husband and I talk about this. We've decided to live a kid-free life, but I say, if it ever happened accidentally, if uh, I'm at a point where you, I we're good, I keep it. <laughs> yeah. and, and I would, I've said like, I'm doing it at home. I'm not even going to register my kid with the state, like <laughs> going free. Like I would see, yeah. I'm like, you would be like the free birther that go, that has finally that homestead life that you want. <laughs> Life. like <laughs> just squatting in the bedroom let that yeah. let it let it fall out of me but again a choice like a hundred percent respect that people need to choose like if they want that full-on medical system birth you do you girl like you go do you and if I want to go have it in my bathtub like I'm gonna do me um, yeah choice and it doesn't make you bad no. and it doesn't make you in especially if you do do the research, you can do it. You're like what people have been doing this primarily coming back to that Lilith energy. Like we are, this is the birth process is like, you get to your most primal bloody mucus tea rate, like self, like whether it's a quiet laboring process, some women just really go within and have like some metaphysical, whoa, whoa. And then other, when you, especially if you aren't medicalized, because the drugs will trip you out. Totally. make you disconnect from your body. Yes. Which I'm learning about. I'm like, well, if I can help it, I don't want that. <laughs> but if I have to, okay. Yeah. Um, and then others are like the, when the having coming back to another, that another aspect of Lilith or the wild woman is the, when you roar, when you mm-hmm. unleash your, not necessarily anger, but just like when you can really just let her, your voice go and um, and, and, and all this comes, oh my gosh, full circles. I'm just like all these little things that aspects with, oh, I see it in my head so well. Um, vocalizing throat chakra and Taurus rules, what your vocal folds mm-hmm. and coming, what, and when you release and vocalize and also relax your jaw tension and your throat Taurus stuff, automatically your pussy and your pelvic floor will open up. Not only True. does that relate for sex, because a lot of um, vulva owners are, I talked about this with a pelvic floor physiotherapist. She's like, most of us are overly tight. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do more kegels. You need to learn how to relax. And a lot of us have stored tension phys- from physical um, traumas that could be from just people doing pap smears on like, then doesn't feel consensual to sexual assault or energetic 
sexual assault and like traumas from like religious or purity culture, tightening mm. the, the pelvic floor, tightening your belly. Cause we're taught to suck all the time. Yep. Um, but when you vocalize and relax your jaw and, or even just whether it's through or a roar, like in birth or not birthing in a meditation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or in yoga, just like in yoga breath or whatever it is. Uh, relaxing. One birth person I'm, I bought a course from, she says, floppy face, floppy fanny. <laughs> because when you relax your face, your fanny, your pussy, your pelvic floor relaxes so that the baby for birth, for the reason of birth, the baby will automatically relax, can eject itself. There's a self-ejection, basically oh. primal button if mm. you let it, but we have not seen that unless you see, search out these other people that usually are free birthers or yeah. a mix of free birthing with like other kind of midwifery kind of perspectives. But I'm like, Oh, I can, there's a way for that. This baby can just shoot out. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Yeah. But a lot of it is you have to practice how to relax your pelvic floor. And that relates to your voice and your jaw and being in the body. Um, Coming back to the full presence of the body relaxing through the, instead of being afraid of the contractions, we learn to soften them. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so yin yoga. (laughs) That's what I'm taking for myself. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is, that's how I'm seeing. Cause I'm like trying to put in all these different things. Like, okay. So it's a lot of yin yoga (laughs) and also a lot of belly dancing moves can help Mm. through labor. Like figure eight, circling your hips, all great physicalizations of Scorpio energy too, yeah. uh, to sway your hips. So engaging with your hips. So I used to teach all this, like, I it's like the sensual, yin, sensual yoga practice prior to those boudoir events for the people. Fascinating. It's all so I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just the same shit. Literally <laughs> so the they can get in their body to feel sexual and sensual same it's the same stuff for birth um other people in the birth world are like yeah the way you come in is the way you go out so like even like a lot of the birth positions are sex positions like like, oh wow there it is there it is there it is (laughs) there it is and I'm also looking forward in the future like I'm looking into alternative education systems that are a lot more wild or some people have named it um like wild homeschooling or unschooling. Ooh, I and love just, that. I know you do it if you a hundred percent. Oh, like that's yeah. The thing. Yeah. I'm like, I like parts of it, and then I'm like, it just depends. I'm gonna personally, I'm gonna see how that my child is. Like, do they thrive in a more structured environment, or would they do really? If they're really like Aquarian, then they'll do unstructured. <laughs> totally <laughs> for sure unschooling um but if maybe they're heavily capricorn or something like that which it's not likely no. uh, from what i've um not looking from like what i predicted <laughs> from the timetables i've seen uh for this baby that i am going to have the so i'm look i've been actually like researching learning about this stuff prior to even having being pregnant like i've been learning about the labor and uh birthing and uh rewilding of the school system and education system like five years ago like four or five years ago so I've been like preparing myself for this but I see more this this conversation isn't just like oh those are the happy kids over there that that are homeschooled kids 
with the extremely religious homeschooled kids, which is like <laughs> my husband. mom's, that's my mom's side of the family. <laughs> my, my, my dear husband, he was homeschooled. They're like all the matching polos and you're like, <laughs> they didn't have that. <laughs> uh, but I like parts of what my, I, one of my side of my family, they have seven kids and they're all homeschooled, but it's very, they do like urban gardening. Like the kids are involved with like, the, they've actually just shifted over to a homestead a couple of years ago in Arizona. And so like they're like the food process and raw, like sustainable living. But then I'm like, eh, let's not have the hyper-religious conservative totally. um, propaganda right there. Uh, we're going to get some sad energy into here of exploring yes. um, the world around us and you making your own thoughts. But there's a lot of confronting when I, I even just signed up for a workshop about this, um, especially for starseed kids that are coming forward, the new generation that's coming forward. Um, we, there needs to be different w ways to learn and, uh, and tailoring the education and for them with their own sensitive energies and stuff like that. So I'm like, this is so cool. These are conversations that are coming forward more. This isn't just hidden or even just like put in the back, the backwater kids world. Like now there's a lot more types of people doing this too, which is interesting. And like, the rates since COVID happened uh, for homeschooling have increased a whole lot too. Oh yeah. But we're going to see that power struggle with mandates and stuff like that. I, sh I can, I can see what that's nodal shift. Um, I was curious too, what your perspective is. If my baby's born near its due date, it could be born on the Taurus, I think new moon eclipse. Is it a, is that when a solar, if that's a solar eclipse, right? Or is it, a, I think, I think it, cause it could be born okay. around the 30th, April okay, 30th. So, okay. hmm. so I think that's the new, so that's only, I know at that point, if it's around that week, either they're going to be born near the nodal, like the eclipse yeah, and, or just a node in general in their mm -hmm. chart, but also really close to Uranus. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, because that one is, uh, I believe the nodes are conjunct Uranus on that yes. one. Yeah. Ah. So I'm like, if they were born on that new moon, I'm like, oh, totally. So, like, what do you think in general with like people in their birthdays that are born either near a node or the conjunct a node or around or on an eclipse mm -hmm. with that connection to karma? I think there's like a big intention with the, with souls that come in with those kind of energies. Like they have a very faded intention. I mean, we all do, but I think there's a sort of like intrinsically, um, tied with the energies that that eclipse is bringing. Um, and it, I think the faded aspect of it means that they're coming in with probably a lot of karma to work through, but I also have this sense of it being like, um, a very aware energy, like a very heightened awareness around that fate that they chose to sort of usher in with, like, it's part of their purpose. It's part of their, their, their destiny. Uh, because I mean, we all have our destinies. We all have our, our fate and our, our, these, all these points, but I feel like with the eclipses almost it's heightened that collective goal that is like being activated in those portals is like heightened for that person and i believe i have this like sensation that collective um collective fate is part of their their job here uh whether that be for them taurus and uranus that liberation energy that um 
And of course, an Aquarius uh, North node would have a baby that comes in just looking to like rip shit up, right? Like Aquarius North node in the second house. Totally. So the Taurus thing. And then uh, my husband has, I think he's also, he has the opposition. I think he's North node and Scorpio South node. Okay. Course, or the whatever the 35 year olds have. It's either that one or the switcheroo. It might, either way. So yeah, either way. That he has the, very he has that. exactly I'm like well that's funny that this year this coming 2022 like the baby and all of us are so tied into these nodal energies of Taurus and Scorpio in one way or another yeah and he's heavily Aquarius he's got like four or five planets in Aquarius okay and then there's like Uranus moon I know but he's got a lot he's got his own quirks with that (laughs) (laughs) and then I have a Uranus moon conjunction and then the baby in theory could have a a Uranus sun conjunction. I'm like, there's like clearly a lineage thing coming through here. Yeah, A need for liberation, a need for changing like all the old ways or the the system, the sustainability pattern disruptor a hundred percent. And I really believe that that if that's going to happen, anyone, any babies born around these moons are like forces to be reckoned with. Like around these eclipses, whether it's solar, whether it's lunar, like forces to absolutely be reckoned with. Um, and I also would tap into like, if it is lunar, uh, maybe this baby's coming into like a closing phase for this life. Maybe they're finishing some stuff up. If it's solar, maybe this is like a, a new phase for them. They're looking to um, really step into these like newer energies, these newer portals. So th- that would be kind of how I would look at it. Yeah. I'm excited to be able to use astrology with my own parenting oh my because then I can like help them with like not only the south node like okay we're gonna lark make sure we know how to shadow work oh yeah <laughs> give you the skill set for so that's the Scorpio uh, dark side but edge can not take over but also <laughs> like or at least like they can move towards their mission of the Taurus Uranus whatever that looks like um they'll have a lot more exposure and I can provide that exposure that's what I want to be able to provide um I'm curious because you yogi background did you ever get much into kundalini yoga I didn't get too much into it. Um, it was always something I wish I had. And then it just was one of those, like, yeah. there's too many things. There's so much stuff. So there's parts big. of it I like, but then there's parts that I'm like, mm, that's, that's not okay. <laughs> that's problematic. Um, one aspect I'm curious to have a conversation on is because I'm like battling this in my head. They, in their Kundalini yoga practice with pregnancy, they view that mom has the power to change the karmic fate of the baby while in utero through whatever meditation insert here. Mm. But I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like it's cool to think about that. Like I could, I could help clear their karma a bit. So right. at least they have a little less shit to bring forward and work through. <laughs> but also part of me is like, that's a lot of risk. Like we're supposed to help ourselves not stress out so much and worry mm. so much. But now I'm, I'm feeling the added pressure of like, I'm not meditating enough that mm. I'm like fucking over their, their karma. And, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are within the, from a yogic and astrological perspective on being able to clear karma from your, for your kid. Yeah, that's, um, that's touchy for me because I think it interferes with, um, free will and their, their desire to yeah. come in and do certain things. Uh, I believe that 
we are very, very, very conscious and smart about why we're coming in. And I actually don't even believe that uh, a mother could clear anything for a, a child who chooses not or chooses to come in and have like a certain experience. Right. So I guess on one side of it, it's like, no matter what you do, your baby's going to come in and do what it's supposed to do, because that is it's, it's chosen destiny with free will, of course. Um, but then there's another side of me that's like, they, they know what they're doing. Like they, they chose this. So, um, why, why try and take any of their chosen experience away from them or try to clear any of the stuff they chose to go through um, and not trust that they knew what they were doing when they incarnated, right? Or when they chose to mm. come in. Um, so I guess I, I do put a lot of trust and free will and free like sovereignty to go through our own experiences and go through our own shit and our karma and like experience our pain. I think it's part of our process. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say like, one is like, I don't even think it would work. And the other is like, <laughs> leave the little one alone. <laughs> yeah. I have, it's been interesting because some parts of me, like I like sometimes like to dabble in the Kundalini yoga stuff. But I think for me, it's, I like the mantra work. Mm. Uh, it's the clear using the mantra was the first time I actually felt Kundalini energy physically. I was like, Oh, so it's the power of the voice more than anything. Mm. Uh, that's what it sh- revealed to me. Um, so I think that's what I like that. I'm like, oh, I could have like a template to work on vocally for this sort of singing mantra. But yeah, it's just thinking about though lately, I'm like, I can't, I've not been drawn to it really because I've, I've been drawn to bathing a lot. That's what mm. baths, um, now that I'm out of my first trimester, where it was too hot to take a bath. Um, uh, the, hot, the hot flashes, <laughs> but ba- bathing and like working with Piscean mermaid energy has been, um coming forward a lot because of I'll probably do a podcast just on what I saw I did a episode on or whatever video on Instagram and uh, TikTok about the spirit baby vision I found out when I was pregnant mm-hmm. but essentially it's like this baby's very tied to Mintonkin 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 Mintonka <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it very well but that's a star seed system of mermaids basically <laughs> love it i brought it up to one person that specializes as a channel with pleiadian and mintonkin energy and i'm like i had this vision for my baby she's like oh yeah that if they were singing to that baby then yeah <laughs> that's been talking a star seed stuff right there so i'm like for me i'm drawn towards baths and i know that so i have a feeling for my pregnant my labor process i'll be using the bath at some mm, point yeah uh whether I birth in the bath I don't know but I'm going to use it as some sort of place for me um uh, I had another thought but yeah yeah I'm just not it's too stressful and it makes Mm -hmm. it feel like a toxic part of spirituality where yeah uh, just it's feeling ickier and ickier and like this is another area of problematic stuff and it's like Hmm. it's kind of cool you feel like you can control it but then that might be the whole thing like the fear with parenting a lot is like, we are let fear rule ourselves so much that we try to control everything around the child. And from someone that takes care of um, babies for so much long. And right now the one, one baby is going through a stage where she's learning to pull herself up to standing. And when they get to that stage, they're, and they, they're so proud of themselves to be in their body. They're just like, look at me. And they do a little booty bounce. (laughs) It's pretty cute. But then they're still developing all these gross motor skills. So they're going to bonk. They're going (laughs) to hit their head on the wall 
or yep. on the chair and they're gonna or just fall back randomly because they lost balance they just are gonna bonk and some particularly mothers like it's a primal instinct but sometimes it gets overdrive on overdrive that you're like I have to protect them so hard and I fear so hard that they're gonna much that they're gonna not be careful like well they don't know how to be a they don't have the control and this is how they develop the skill set and B, I told this to my husband multiple times when we're preparing for pregnancy. I'm like, your kids are going to bonk. They're going to bonk in life, whether it's emotionally or physically. Like our job is not to necessarily, we'll prevent the biggest bonks that we can control, but these little bonks are learning lessons. And like, I'm going to be there for them afterwards and give them the skills to how do I cope with it and like unconditionally be there for them through whatever bonk. Like whether that means like a physical, ow, I just hit my head on the wall trying to stand or, ow, I'm going through a huge grief and a breakup. Because um, we can't try to control and hide them away or hide our friends, or whether it's not a child or not, like try to hide what we fear from the world, like, and fear the pain. Oh my gosh, it's paralleling also with labor and stuff. Like, we can't fear yes, the pain. We can't fear the pain, right? Uh, we we have to on. work through it. We have to yeah. be with it. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of like when I've taught and done yin yoga, like, be with the sensation or, shift things around so you can soften into the sensation yes uh if it is like really painful then you're like okay we need to adjust but like exactly adjust so that you can be with that position that's uncomfortable mentally but it yeah exactly that's what I'm like surrendering or letting go is such a that's why I like yin yoga so much it's such a great physical metaphor it is I use it all the time of like the, the greatest lesson is like from great discomfort comes great ease, like great magic, great things. Um, and when we can sit in it and be conscious enough to be like, nope, that hurts readjusting or nope, yeah. that hurts not working for my body or your body. Um, but then meeting the sensation meeting, like that's just intensity. That's just muscle stretching. That's and knowing those differences. That's where we grow. Mm-hmm. And literally that's where we find our flexibility. Right. Um, and I love yin for that same reason. It's my favorite thing to teach my favorite thing to do because it pushes us past our boundaries without actually going past our boundaries. Yeah. We're meeting that edge. Yeah. Um, interestingly, like biologically with what I learned about the labor process that if you are in a fight or flight mode, when you are confronting fear and you let fear dominate, uh, hormones, in hormones, <laughs> no, chromosomes and hormones. hormonally, your adrenals and cortisol will take over and plug in for all the spots that you need in order for labor to go more smoothly, which is mainly oxytocin. And so if you are in a fear mode, fight or flight mode, oxytocin, which is what you need to not only bond with baby, but also it helps with the contraction so that baby can come out and eject itself naturally. That will not happen if the fear is there and the horm- fear hormones basically are there mm-hmm. and and or if you have a, a replacement hormone from the medical system like pitocin that mm-hmm. will override so you can't make actual oxytocin so that blocks being able to like bond with baby afterwards right or um and a lot, so a lot of I'm like so how much yeah so it's just really interesting how fear Oh, now I'm just seeing it. My Gemini brain's like, it connections. So many connections. (laughs) The medical system is just so fear-based. Like they're doing, they intervene in the terms of birth and stuff. Like 
they intervene so hard and so early for no reason because they're just they're trying to cover their asses liability assets mainly. Um, but when they don't need to intervene and if they were just make relax and be a little bit more hands-off oftentimes, unless there's an actual emergency, yeah, then oftentimes it would happen. Like they're, they they induce labor all the time. It's like, actually just give the mom a time. Yeah. Almost everyone I know has had either their, um, their labor induced or emergency C-sections that which weren't necessary. There are obviously ones that are necessary, um, but almost everyone I know is like, I was not, I didn't want that. Yeah. They get and, coerced and like, you're either doped up. So you're yep. just like, what? I felt that way. Even just through, um, now that we're coming to the winter solstice, like, so six months ago on the summer solstice was when I got my gallbladder taken out, interestingly. Mm. Um, and I felt that cause I was like, it felt like a, almost like a, this is what could happen with labor because the pains were very contraction, like just up high in my body, not low. I didn't know what was happening. So like, I'm not, there's no baby coming. So I don't know what's happening when I was there, but then, um, I was doped up and all of a sudden they just like emergency room. When they found out it was a gallbladder thing, they're like, you need to get your all out of taking that. You're going to have surgery in the morning. Like I am. And I'm just the only conscious thing I could really be like, say like, is this under network? (laughs) <laughs> will I be covered? <laughs> like, will I be fucked over financially? Like, and mm-hmm. those are all like similar patterns and stories. I think that are going to get even louder with this two-year shift of the nodes going into this Taurus and Scorpio. That finances and wellness and, uh, yeah, really some big the the this this big really pull towards control. That's this, oh, the yeah. shitty side of, of Scorpio. Like, they really want to control and like through fear or because they're fearful and collectively and individually, how can we soften around fear or develop coping mechanisms so we can shift our brain waves and body state from fight or flight and fear to being in homeostasis again. Yeah. Yeah. Healing our nervous systems, all that good stuff. Word. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on all these different connection points? I'm just seeing them all over. No, I love oh. them. <laughs> I love like it all. It all just connects, and like we're just gonna see so much of this. Like all these energies coming of that, like like our sustainability, our body sovereignty, our our connection to sexuality, sensuality, and how that. I the biggest thing, the biggest lesson is going to be like it is all so connected. Stop stop forgetting your body come mm-hmm. home, come home. Right. Like, um, and the biggest thing with North node Taurus is going to be simplify, simplify, simplify. And we're going to have that power struggle though, right. Mm-hmm. Where the, the controlling energies will want to take you out of that simplification. They'll want to pull you into fear because the South node will be like, we've done this. It's terrifying. Um, but yeah. our job is no, it's okay. It's okay to be alive. It's safe to be alive. Like literally maybe that'll be our mantra for the next two years. Like it is safe to be alive. It is safe to be here. It is okay to be here. Yeah. Especially with COVID world. Like we, there's a lot of fear, just like of getting sick or even just getting a cold. Um, I mean, it's worth, you know, like it's valid too. Cause like I might not get paid because I accidentally, I, I have a stuffy nose and I, don't have COVID, but I have a cold and I can't go into work because huge. a lot of industries and systems aren't supporting medical leave yet. And yep. the power dynamic, the big, big player, power players here, like are at, at work and, um, 
oh yay oh oh i'm just like <laughs> the work isn't done folks no no, <laughs> no like it's not i keep just saying like my 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 term lately is like buckle up everybody yeah. buckle up we're gonna be fine it's gonna be okay um but like buckle up because it's not it's not done we're not done and we're not going back to normal ever. no that doesn't exist it's dead yeah yeah. Everyone's like, why can't we go back to wait? What's because also like y'all were asleep <laughs> in different exactly. aspects of your lives. In we're all every, asleep. yeah. Every, every person was asleep in a different way. And we're all yeah. like seeing these like different tentacles awakening, um, but they haven't come together yet. So like the mm-hmm. new, the new world or new earth or whatever you want to call it. I don't like new, we'll take new world out of there. Uh, new earth or the new, <laughs> the new, the new, new uh, will be beautiful. It will be it will be wonderful it's just like we are in the we're in the birthing pains right now like literally yeah. we're, in the, we're in the canal and it's not fun no like <laughs> we don't want no hands coming up there to grab me no like the contractions, the contractions. are like and we're like I, I don't want to I don't want to go in but, but collectively let's floppy face yes. floppy fanny it <laughs> oh my god roar release your jaw and roar <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I could be, yeah. Oh, the word I was thinking on that point was feral. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not allowed to be feral. Or we're if not. we are, it's bad. Like very shamed or like, you're like, oh my God, what did you just do? Um, who are you? And I know I've gotten really, whenever that comes out, usually it's like real big anger bursts. Even as a child, um, especially as a child, if I had a big tantrum, which they were very big and loud, I was a highly sensitive child. <laughs> and uh so when I felt things they were big and uh there was no so I was always told like stop control your temper you yep. that's not okay inside and I definitely want to reframe that for my yeah inside voice all those kind of things I know I want to shift that for my kid like you're safe in your anger yeah it's okay to be angry let's figure out different ways we can work through the anger but there I, I'm also seeing a shift of we're, you know how like in the spiritual world we're like we're going into the 5d or whatever or christ contrastness and i'm like well if we're thinking about what that really means it's about unconditional love right literally that's really what it's supposed to be and uh or if this is essence but we've been especially i'm thinking about with child care and uh, modeling things we've love is conditioned everything yes. is conditional in our world right now yeah but there's more alternative caregiving conversations which I think we can give it you use for ourselves for inner child healing not just for actual children but um when they're acting out when they're angry when they're not doing something that they're told or whatever instead of shutting them down or getting angry with them can you still love them through even if they say I hate you Mm -hmm. can you still be gentle and compassionate even when they slap you and say I hate you mommy like, instead of being like, no, you don't say that. You can't say that. That's not okay. I feel like you don't like, love me. Or like, that makes me feel sad. Like instead of blaming them and trying to project your emotions on them, or if you do like rep- make repara- reparations, but there's a shift in conscious parenting world too. So I think it's really cool that we can take in. I'm like, oh, this is inner child work too. Just totally. translate it into yourself. Uh, but I don't know. That's a big thought that's also been happening in my head. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and I, I do see that so much in like, just being able to honor like all, like all humans and 
that that's our work. It's, it's to be able to unconditionally love no matter what person's viewpoint is, a person's choices are, a person's anything, skin color, gender, da, 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 all of that is like, that's what we're working towards. But we're, again, in that labor canal of like, it's very confusing. Yeah. We're doing this, what the hell are we doing? Um, but we are working towards like, yes, you are, we can honor you in your expression. Um, yes, let's find safe ways to express. Let's find um, healthy ways to express. But like, yeah, let's let's make space for everyone to be loved without conditions. I think we've had enough of that. Mm-hmm. And that's so Uranus, Aquarius, the, the Aquarian world, right? Mm-hmm. That at least in its really elevated form, like yes. we honor our differences versus we all have to be the same or just exactly. like everything has to be like almost like a communist thing. It's like, not necessarily like that. It's more like we ought give everyone fucking space to do what they do and just don't cause harm. Okay. Thanks. Literally. That's all we're don't asking be a dick. for. Don't, don't be a dick. dick. Don't be a dick. You do you. Don't be a dick. Yeah. I like that's it. Like, that's all up. New world motto. <laughs> yeah. It's such an eloquent spiritual motto. It's really good. <laughs> You have a lot of offerings that people that we've talked about and that relate to all these conversations. Can you share some of them? I know you have the masterclass, you have your new readings. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there is the Taurus Scorpio Axis North Node South Node masterclass. Um, which is pre-recorded, super juicy, gets into like your points in your chart and how it's going to affect you personally, as well as collectively. Um, my wild woman readings I've just opened up. So that's about literally learning how to rewild yourself um, through those points in the chart. We're going to go deep into pain points, fear points, and then the empowerment points and Lilith, of course. Um, and then my typical readings are past life uh, mm-hmm. and past life and purpose is what I focus on. There's, there's the two layers. We kind of start into yeah. the deep nitty gritty and then we end up at like, why the hell am I here? Um, and then mm-hmm. in February, I don't know when this will be coming out. What, I don't even know what day it is in my life anymore, but in February, I am going to be opening up um, the doors to my level one. It's karmic astrology course again. So teaching people that want to become karmic astrologers, the the next level, the next people that want to join me on that journey too, that will be opening up. Awesome. So they're also learning the basics of astrology plus more of the lens of from an evolutionary slash karmic perspective, like really back to Pluto and not just the 101 only. No. Yeah. So there'll be the, the, uh, I put my astro basics in there. So you get like Mm, the, the first level. Yeah. And then on top of that, then we go into like the basics of karmic astrology and what points mm-hmm. we're looking at, how are we finding it? What are we doing? What are the conversations? Um, and that's a six week course. So it's a really, really deep dive, really intimate. Uh, and I only let 10 people come in at once. So it's super, super intimate and close. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel just, safe to go into like, cause those are going to be deep conversations because you're going to be looking at each other's co- co- charts basically yeah. to help yeah. learn how to read different charts and see how different they are. Yeah, I we love go into it. the pain. Yeah, definitely. Soften into the pain. Mm-hmm. Sloppy face, sloppy fanny. Sloppy fanny. <laughs> sloppy. Like that's what she loves. This person has like she's a. I don't know if she comes from a graphic design background or just has a graphic designer, but she has like visual birth plans, and it's just like this kind of like in illustration of this lady, like floppy face, floppy fanny. 
she's from the UK I'm like this is gonna be she's like make that your mantra I'm like oh my yeah. gosh and a fanny yeah. in the in the UK a fanny is a vagina right but here we use it as I thought butt. it was butt I, I don't was, know I don't <laughs> it's know the, it's the nether regions it's a below <laughs> let it go just let it all go <laughs> I mean even just unclenching your butt like it's it's good work. well it's a part it's hard of it. work it's hard work yeah, I mean, it's all those muscles are very interconnected with. Oh, they are. The floor, they are. side, side, side. Track. <laughs> As I do base with my Gemini-ness, I can't help it. All the facts, all the things, all the factoids, and they all intersect and make wisdom. Yay! I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Vika, for being here with me. And this is ah, it's so nice to have a person to have these conversations with vocally because I'm like I'm having them in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Poor um, Gemini. <laughs> with myself in my head like am I going crazy I don't know no. I have these tidbits of thoughts and uh it's so it's nice to have someone to share this with them that's something I've been craving and what we're all craving on this podcast is just really interesting conversations of alternative living and um on spirituality and how we can build that into our own life or into the lives of our family so I thank you thank you so much for being on with my Thank you for having me. It's literally such a pleasure to have these chats. Thank you, love, for joining me on today's episode. And if you enjoyed it, leave a rating and review or share it on your Instagram. Tag me at Mystical Mama Co. That way more people can get access to more resources to nurture themselves and their families. Also, honey, did you know that you're not getting all the episodes? Join the Mystical Mama community on Mighty Networks today to receive access to all podcast episodes, plus our community and resource library that includes self-care tips, meditations, light language activations, yogic recommendations, astrological deep dive, and astro courses, plus some information and resources for conscious pregnancy and parenting information. All right, I'll see you next time on the Mystical Mama podcast.